0: Welcome back for another Friday podcast. This time I'm joined by two stars of the Illinois golf team, Nick Hardy and Dylan Meyer. Both Nick and Dylan are juniors and among the top amateur players in the world. The first half of the podcast we speak with Nick and the second half we speak with Dylan. As always, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave us a review. We are back for another podcast, and today we welcome a couple of uh, college golf stars um, from the University of Illinois. Up first, we have junior Nick Hardy, who has qualified for the last two U.S. Opens, uh, was recently named to the Palmer Cup team, and was the runaway Illinois State Am Champ. Nick, how are you doing today? Good,
2: how are you doing? Thank I. You for having me on.
0: Yeah, of course. I'm I'm hanging in there. It's a good weekend with March Madness, and got the API uh, on in the background. Uh, you've been watching any of the golf this this season?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've watched pretty much as much as I can, as much as I can. Um, I love to watch uh, you know, the tournaments every weekend. Starting to see a lot of names that I played with too. So it's um, it's really cool to see, and yeah, I love watching the golf.
0: Yeah, I, I imagine you you probably have played with a lot of the guys, especially now. I mean, you you qualified for a lot of USGA events young, so you know a lot of those guys that are 25 were probably some of the guys that you looked up to, huh?
2: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I uh, seeing like uh, guys like John Rahm and Bryson DeChambeau having success right now so so early, and then like you know, obviously my teammates Brian Campbell. Uh, Charlie Danielson and and, uh, Thomas Dietrich—they're having success, so it's really cool and fun to follow them for sure.
0: Yeah, it's cool. I'm an Illinois grad, and uh, it's cool to see all the Illinois uh, guys out there. You got like you know Langley and Guthrie too, that are a little bit older, and then obviously you know kind of Stricker and uh, Thomas Peters. Peters, yeah, yeah, he's 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 been on fire. So I, I would love to give uh, the listeners a little bit, a bit of background on you. So how'd you how'd you get into golf?
2: Uh I mean I've gotten in the game ever since I was started walking my my dad got me into it. I don't know. I followed him around the backyard with plastic clubs and ever since then I've just fallen in love with the game and uh it's been that way ever since. Um I grew up playing at a part 3 course in Northbrook called Annitsburger uh pretty much every day and um sportsman's too and so um yeah i've loved the game ever since had a passion for it and i just love uh love practicing it
0: yeah so how um did you get to pick illinois um you know what, what other schools were you looking at and what what got you there to illinois
2: yeah um <clears throat> so i visited illinois twice before i committed the first time i really loved it uh the second time i just I couldn't, you know, get enough of it. I loved it so much that, you know, I committed right away. I couldn't really see myself going anywhere else. I I looked at a lot of Big Ten, and um, I just started to look at a lot of schools in the South, but I knew right away after I visited Illinois the second time, I was like, I was dead set on it, and there's no way I was going anywhere else. So, um, yeah, I looked at a lot of other Big Ten schools and a a lot of schools in the South that I had planned on visiting, but... I just knew so quickly where I wanted to go that it didn't even matter. Um but yeah, I'm, I'm you know, that's the best decision I've ever made.
0: Yeah, it's it's quite the program. It's it's amazing what coach Small's been able to do um with a northern school kind of becoming the first, you know, year in perennial national championship contender as a northern school. Um tell us a little bit about what a day in the life is as a Illinois golfer.
2: Yeah, um, so I mean, you know, weekly uh, we have workouts either two or three times a week at six in the morning. Like this week, we had uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So um, a lift in the morning, and then um, I've you know normally have classes in the morning. This semester a little weird with my schedule. I I don't have a uh, class Monday, Wednesday, and Friday technically, and I have a lot of class Tuesday, Thursday, and I have a couple online classes so. I have a great schedule. I, I practice pretty much all day, <laughs> Monday, Wednesday, Friday, um, which is nice. But and it and it definitely helps for for when I travel to because when I we miss a lot of Monday and Friday, so uh, that's helpful. Um, but I mean, yeah, like normally you'll have class in the morning, and then I will head to the uh, practice facility after I eat a quick lunch, if I can even have time for lunch, and then uh, practice it too pretty much every day. Um, Coach normally has a uh, practice as a team, and um, usually he he's either like, okay, you guys can um, do stuff on your own, and I'll I'll check in with you individually, or you, we're, we're doing team stuff like uh, competitions, drills, anything uh, that coach thinks will get us better. <clears throat> but um, after that, it's I don't know. I'm, I'm here all after I'm in diversion all afternoon, pretty much, and then uh, dinner and uh, whatever I got to study that night. So it's pretty much just same routine every day which i love i'm just like i'm a person who loves to be um in a routine and um and and doing the same things um i think that's the way it works best so um i love when i get back to that routine um you know uh, every day
0: so with uh, with practice, do you, do you work on you know kind of like the same drills uh, every day? And like what what? How would you say you break up your your practice time between putting, short game, iron play, driving?
2: Right. <clears throat> well, I always I'm a you know I've turned into a guy that like I really like to look at my stats from the last tournament um, to know like where I'm at with my game. How you know I really like evaluating myself and um from tournament to tournament and so um based off that i'll basically base my practice off that and use coach as a guidance tool and obviously he's always there to help but um i i kind of just you know feel it out i i there's so many aspects of the game you can work on and that's the thing that's why i practice like so much because i love it one and two because there's just so many different things you can do in, in practice in your in your practice and um I just break it up and 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 see where I'm at. Just evaluate my whole game, and if one part of my game is I feel like is my weakness, I'll attack that um, that week, and then um, you know make sure the others are are still you know in a good form. But I like to play a lot too. So uh, whenever I can play, like this winter, I've never played so much in one winter. I mean, it was it was I was outside all every day uh, down here um, yeah. practicing, but. Uh, we got a lot of days where we can play too so i'm a big player but i'm also i love to practice the game too
0: sounds like you're just a golf nut which is a which is a good thing yeah <laughs> i've um, been
2: that way my whole life
0: you got so do you guys keep uh strokes gain stats or how do what what type of stats do you guys uh have and i i know it's a little bit yeah. tougher to do without shot link, but
2: yeah well we use uh we use um, the golf stat um websites the way they do the the stats and so um basically i mean we don't do strokes gain but there's like um there's like there's like ways there's a i mean every other stat basically you could think of um to evaluate your putting you know up and downs um driving accuracy uh anything uh we, we we're pretty we're pretty in depth too it's not like like the general stuff it gets pretty in depth. Um, but it, it, that's that's how I evaluate myself based off of that um, and just an overall feel for my mind on the course and stuff. But um, that's definitely a, a huge key to um, getting better and improving. So, I mean, I love, I love looking at my stats and comparing myself, you know, my junior year to my freshman year and see where I'm at compared to there and, like, you know, see how I've changed as a golfer. But, um, yeah, the big thing is just um, – learning how to evaluate yourself. I think that was definitely a huge key coming here too. And then uh, using Coach Small for that. But um, yeah, I just, um, our stats are are pretty in depth, which helps.
0: Where, you know, where would you say over the time there you've improved the most looking at your stats?
2: Um, Honestly, I think I've improved the most outside of my stats. I think I've improved the most um, the way I handle myself on the course. Uh, my overall body language, my attitude, my my mind. I think I've just, you know, I've learned a lot based off of coach for that purposes. I mean, yeah, you can look at your stats and be like, okay, that's, my putting's a lot better now than it was freshman year or blah, 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 anything. But the, the biggest key in golf is your mind. And I feel like the way I think is so much better than it was when I came in as a freshman. And that's all due credit to Coach Small, pretty much and probably just maturing a lot
0: too. Yeah, I mean I think the way you think only gets better and better like, you know, I feel like I I get better at golf every year cuz I'm a little bit smarter um right. and I I play right. play a little bit less dumb because that's the that's the toughest part of the game. Um so you've qualified for two straight U.S. Opens, um, and you made the cut at Chambers Bay in 2015 and shot a final round, 68, and uh, then you got to play Oakmont this year. Tell us a, a little bit about the experiences uh, of each and what you took away from it.
2: Yeah. Um, there was a, I mean, obviously, Chambers was – getting there was it's just an out-of-body experience. Um like arriving to the range the first day and the first day i was there i was on the putting green alone with tiger that was just crazy and I, I met jack nicholas that same day so i met tiger and Nick jack in the same day which was incredible um and then that whole week leading up to it for like the four days i was there before the tournament felt like forever i mean it felt like i was already there forever and then the first round came and i i mean honestly uh, my my coach uh, brett Packey was with me and I was, uh, my game was in such good form. I just, I was, I was playing, I was hitting the ball great. And, um, uh, I just, you know, I had confidence and pretty much everything in my game was great except my putting. And I put it really, really poorly there. And I think I lost all my strokes to Jordan Speed, the winner that week because of my putting. I mean, it was, it was pretty brutal, but, um, I, I took away a lot after that week. I felt like, um, I felt like I could, you know, belong there someday, potentially. I mean, I just, um, I felt like, uh, you know, that gave me a lot of confidence. And um, and then Oakmont last year was a totally different venue and course for U.S. Open. I mean, Chambers was amazing and like, the way you had to be creative around the course. And, um, you know, there's so many ways to get the ball close to the hole. Um, and then Oakmont was just like, okay, you better hit in the fairway. And then you better just hope you hit it in the right spot on the green or else, you know, you're looking at a three-putt. So, I mean, it was it was really cool because both U.S. Opens were completely different, <clears throat> but I felt like, um, you know, my my game at Oakmont was not in great form, and I wish, you know, to look back and say I wish I did some things differently. But hopefully, I'll be in many more U.S. Opens so, uh, in the future, so I can, you know, prepare differently.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, it's um, so. Then because you qualified, you get through to sectional this year.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm in sectional
0: this year. Uh huh. Do you, did you get out at the same course both years? Yep. Uh uh-huh. So that's that's your is, is this the Springfield site, right? Yeah, this. yeah,
2: I'm trying to go back there this year too, obviously. But yeah,
0: we'll that's uh, that's cool. So who was um, you know who did you get to you know play practice rounds with anybody that you really looked up to growing up uh, while you were out at either yeah. of them?
2: yeah the first one um i played with zach johnson uh he's just an unreal guy uh he, that was the first practice run i played uh with him and um it was um it was incredible because he has so much knowledge obviously and he helped me a lot and then I played with brooks Kepka he just he destroys the ball <laughs> it's hilarious but uh, he's he's a really cool guy too he's nice he was really nice to me but I played with um I played with Brian Campbell and everyone, too, because he was at the U.S. Open with me that year. He was low am. And then this past one, um, I played with uh, um, Charlie and everyone, because he qualified, too. And then I played with, uh, let's see, um, Martin Keimer, um, Rafa Carrera bale Those guys didn't know much about college golf, so (laughs) I basically had to teach them, because they didn't come over to the States to play college golf. But... Uh, it was funny, like, talking to them. They were cool guys, too. They were really nice. Um, uh, tried to set up another practice with Zach and Jimmy Walker, but that didn't work out. Um, and then <clears throat> I played with uh, Jason Kokrak. He was a great guy, too. Um, he, he hits it really good.
0: Yeah, really he bombs it, it, huh? <laughs> That's that's awesome. I mean, unbelievable experience, I imagine, and it, it, especially playing with those guys, making the cut, had to give you just all types of uh, confidence. So I wanted to talk yeah. a little bit yeah. about the team and how, you know, kind of last year you were one of the younger guys on the team, and now you're one of the leaders. Uh, tell us about your, the young players on the team, um, you know, Brian Baumgartner, Giovanni, I'll probably botch this. Tazio, T, and <laughs> uh, and Michael Fegels.
2: Yeah, um, it's obviously it was a quick transition being one of the younger guys. I mean, I had it so easy with the older guys here: uh, Brian Campbell, Alex Burge, um, Thomas, and Charlie. Obviously, I had it so easy because those guys were such great leaders, and I just looked up to them the whole time. And um just basically followed their steps uh, all the time and and practicing. And, you know, they taught me a lot too, but it was quick. It was like, wow, I come to campus this time and I'm like, I'm the oldest guy here with Dylan and we're a really young team and, um, and there's half our team is freshmen. So it was like, wow, that was a quick jump, but I was excited for it. Um, And I knew under the leadership of coach Spaulding. I mean, and Barlow there, I mean, we were going to be, um, you know, in good hands, but uh, it's definitely important for me to, you know, take what I learned from the older guys and uh, try to help uh, these freshmen out um, and be like, be their Charlie Danielson or something like that. But, um, you know, it's, it's it's definitely a new way for me, but it's been fun and uh, I feel like these freshmen are, are kind of similar to the way I was in just a lot of ways and, I've already seen all of them grow up so much and just make so many strides since the first day they came here, which is so cool to see because I was probably the same way, but I didn't see it. So, um, But they're getting better, and hopefully their games start to really trend upwards, and I know they will towards the end of the spring here.
0: What, what do you think is the toughest adjustment going from high school golf and junior golf to college golf?
2: Um, honestly, I think it's the courses we play. The courses we play in college are so much different and so much harder than what we played in high school. Um, and, obviously, you've got to learn the game because when you're in high school, you're playing to all these pins in the middle of the green, soft greens, short courses. You can basically fly it at every pin. But um, so when you're in college, you're playing firm greens, uh, pins tucked on sides of the greens and corners and on ledges. And, like, and you, like... As a freshman, you don't really, like, you technically understand the concepts, but you don't really, like, apply them when you play the game. So that's kind of the big thing about what Coach helps you out with. I mean, he makes you go through the practice. The practice rounds are so important to him and to the whole team here. I mean, we go through our practice rounds and make sure we get everything right. Like I mean, the littlest details, too, just where where North is, um, uh, where these pins will be, Um, You know where you want to hit it obviously where you don't want to hit it strong and we work on this a lot in practices and strong-siding the ball and not hitting the short sides. I mean we practice that all the time so um, it it, it tends to come natural to you now I mean after you're a freshman but um, that's the big thing about Coach Small and helping you out your freshman year learning how to play the game.
0: Yeah I think that's so so much of a misconception and something you learn with experience is that like you know when you're 200 yards out 30 feet is like a really good shot you don't have to go at that flag and i I imagine that's uh that's something you know with how much how good putters you guys are um that's something you know 30 feet you can make one of those every once in a while and then you know wait till you get into a spot where you can really attack the flag
2: right i mean we um We've had the, you know, in the past couple of years, we've had the opportunity to sit down with some of the uh, game's greatest minds like Bob Rotella, and he says, like, any time you have an 8-iron or less, you should be looking at the pin or inside 10 feet, and any time you have a 7-iron or more, you should be, you know, thinking more more conservatively taking your medicine. So when you have the opportunities where you have wedges in, that's where you take advantage of. But when you like you said, when you have 200 yards in, I mean, it's okay to hit a middle of greens and two-putt. So... Obviously, like, in, in practice, we practice our lag putting a bunch. I mean, three-putt avoidance is huge in college golf, same with um, penalty shots and, and all that, too. So, um, really, I mean, what Coach, um, Coach Small really helps us out with is just learning the game and saving shots that other teams will make mistakes on because they're just being, you know, either, um, you know, careless or, or just not thinking so that's really where coach kind of really helps you out as a freshman and learning the game and and um where to where to be aggressive and where to it's just picking your spots really
0: yeah it's uh it's patience is is a is a virtue in a lot of aspects of life so as you know you you touched on this and just the golf course change but as an amateur and college player you guys get to play some incredible golf courses. What uh what are what have been some of your favorite courses that you've got to see um in in your life and uh, at in, at tournaments.
2: Yeah, um we do play at in incredible places. We're so lucky for that obviously, but um my favorites are Definitely Southern Highlands where we just were in Las Vegas. That that place is unbelievable. Um, and then Olympia Fields, I love going there. Um, that's a, obviously a great course. And then going back all the way to you know my junior days, I I love the the two U.S. junior courses I played at. Um, Martis Camp was was unbelievable out in uh, Truckee, California. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I mean, really we we get to play all. I mean incredible USAM courses. Um but yeah, that those are the ones that stick out to me that were really cool.
0: Yeah, those USGA events are different type of experience than, than your regular event. It's uh it makes you never want to miss one once you get into one. Exactly. So, uh a big one that you're you're being considered for is the Walker Cup and you got to go out to LACC a couple months ago and uh and and be a part of the practice sessions. What uh yeah. what did you kind of take away from those practice sessions and and tell us a little bit about like the vibe and 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 what you guys were doing out there? Yeah,
2: um the practice session was really I mean, pretty much the most fun I've ever had in a golf course. We uh just all sixteen guys. We just played a bunch of golf, and it was competitive, and it was fun. Um, LaCC is unbelievable. Um, it's, a, it's a. When I got there, I couldn't believe. You know, it, we didn't get much roll out there, but it was it was really long. It's a really long course, and um, they're going to have U.S. Open there soon, or obviously the Walker Cup coming up. But the U.S. Open, I think, is in twenty twenty one, and <clears throat> that's going to be really cool. But um, yeah, we just we played a lot of matches and. Uh, kept it competitive and fun though. So that was really cool and um yeah, hopefully to be a part of that team will be unbelievable.
0: If uh if you say you make the team, uh what what guy would you most want to be partnered up with for uh uh for matches?
2: How could I not say Dylan?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it it leads into a good Twitter question we got from uh Brett from the IJGA is uh he wants to know if you guys if you could compare yourselves to uh any wwe tag team who would it be
2: honestly i don't know but dylan Dylan calls me hulk because i don't know i'm bigger and i don't know what you call dylan but um I, i'm sure dylan would have a good answer to that one <laughs> I'll,
0: I'll i'll save it for dylan um and then uh, one of the potential teammates on that Walker Cup team, uh, Stuart Hagestad, the Vidam chant, wants to know, which would you rather wear for every round? A floral sun bonnet and white sunglasses or socks and I'm going to go with the
2: Crocs. I'm going to go with the Crocs for sure.
0: You know, he thought he, you were going to go with the, I, the bonnet. I
2: think Stu is more the bonnet guy, honestly. He's a, he's a Southern California kid.
0: Yeah, he's a, he's an interesting character,
2: huh? <laughs> yeah, I I, met, I first met Stu at the Walker practice. He he's unbelievable. I love him so much. He's a such a great guy. What
0: what do you think uh what do you think his chances are at um the at the Masters?
2: I love his chances. Stu's a great player. Um you know, I think uh I think he I think his you know, obviously he's there to compete and hopefully to win, but I think uh, he definitely has a good shot of making the cut, and that would be really cool.
0: Yeah, you know, I was looking at, at um, some odds the other day, and, like, they've got him, like, paired up with the same as, like, you know, these, like, old champions, and it's like, this kid's 25, and he he played at USC. It's like, he's not, you know, like, he, hits a,
2: he hits it really straight off the tee. That's the key in Augusta, too. So, I mean, if, you know, if he, you know, was in a good form. I could, I could totally see him. He, he's a gamer. You saw it with the, the last six holes of the mid-am. It was really cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. That was those those six holes were so hard, and he made all those birdies. I mean, that was insane. All <laughs> oh, those pots,
2: yeah.
0: I mean, like those were like some of the hardest holes I've ever played. Um, and uh, so, if you could pick one course, or so you had to play one of the two courses for the rest of your life orange or blue and quitting is not an option, <laughs> which would be, and this is from a former Illini.
2: I would play orange, I mean, orange is, I think, a little bit better, but um, I would definitely not quit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, neither is a great option, but uh, no, uh, golf is better than no golf, right?
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, so then IJGA Matt, um wanted to know if there'd be any animosity with your fu- fu- future future team teammate, teammate uh Brendan O'Reilly because he beat you when he was 13
2: uh, none at all I mean I hope I hope we have more matches like that because if we do then our team is in good shape I think
0: <laughs> Yeah it's uh he seems he likes to post pictures of his uh his swing on Instagram it, he seems like he's a great player
2: I mean, yeah. I don't know if there's anyone who loves the game
0: more than him, so that's always a good thing. Yeah. So, um, curious if you could take um, one aspect of a former Illini player's game. Uh, you know, whether it be like Stricker's wedge game or is yeah. driving. What would you What would you want to take from another player?
2: Um. Honestly, there'd be so many, so many. I mean. I I I think about it I mean all these players that come through all, I mean I, there's one thing that comes to mind it's it's their minds and it's their their short games I mean coach Small Stricker and and all the guys you know above me their their short games are incredible but uh one thing I will say is Brian Campbell's mind was incredible um you know like I think Charlie and I talked about it a lot I mean Brian just always had that that incredible mindset and Coach Small says a lot, like, you got to pretend every day is a qualifier and you're just – it's do or die every day. And that's exactly what Brian was like. Like, I mean, it didn't matter what round it was. He could go out there and shoot a scrappy 63 any day. It was incredible. Brian, um, Brian had an incredible mindset. I love his mindset. But, um, I mean, when you look at um, everyone's short games, like, Coach – even I mean, Coach Small, he's a great short game, but um, Dietrich – Danielson, Campbell, Peters, Guthrie, everyone, every one of them had a great short game, and obviously Stricker. So um, that's something I look at too, for sure, that I want to emulate.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, mind and short game go go very far. So we we're we're short on time here, and we I'm gonna get you out of here on a couple quick overrated, underrated, underrated uh, questions. So just you know whether you think it's. Overrated, underrated, one answer, you know, quick. So, Papa Dell's Pizza.
2: Um, overrated. I'm a, I'm a Papa John's
0: guy. Papa John's. Pa, pa, either way, Papa's in the house, huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Phil Mickelson. Underrated. Underrated. So you think he's one of the best 10 players of all time?
2: For sure, guaranteed.
0: Alright, white belts.
2: Way overrated.
0: That's, that's the answer I like to hear. Alright. Single I never
2: wear white belts.
0: Single shaft irons.
2: Um honestly I I'm not I don't know, I don't know for that one. Never tried it, so I can't really say anything.
0: Okay. Yeah, I, I think it it makes sense if somebody's starting, but I, I couldn't imagine like switching to it. In in the middle of the I know. Your,
2: I, I couldn't imagine that either. But I, if I tried it, I would I would have an opinion for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, hey Nick, thanks so much for your time, and uh, best of luck with the spring season. And we'll uh, we'll see you up at uh, hopefully at Rich Harvest Farms.
2: For sure. Sounds good. Thank you for having me on, Andy. We'll talk to you. All right. Here's thanks, Dylan. Man. All
0: right. All right. Now we uh, welcome Dylan Meyer on uh, the reigning Western Am champ. Uh, another one of Illinois' star players, and uh, made a long quarterfinal run at the US Am. How you doing, Dylan?
1: I'm good. And yourself?
0: Hey, you know I'm I'm hanging in there. It's it's Friday. NCAA tournament's on. You know, uh, life is good. So uh,
2: I agree. I
1: agree there. NCAA tournaments always a good time.
0: Who who are you uh with Illinois not in it, who are you uh, rooting for?
1: Uh, you know, I'm not really rooting for anyone. I'm kind of just enjoying the all the high seeds beating the the good the good teams, so it's kind of what I'm following mostly.
0: Yeah, sometimes when you don't have a horse in the race it's actually more fun because you just can root for all utter chaos, right?
1: <laughs> That's exactly right
0: so uh i'd love to hear a little bit about your background give the listeners uh, an idea of who you are and how you got into golf
1: um so i'm from evansville indiana um it's right there on the border of kentucky um southwest part of the state and um i grew up my family's a bunch of farmers um all my uncles are my great uncles but um I didn't grow up being on the farm or anything like that, but um, I grew up definitely in that kind of atmosphere and that um, kind of background. Um, I went to a high school where golf really wasn't a priority. As in Indiana, basketball is always the priority. Um, so we were kind of that second-class sport. Um, didn't really have much recognition. Um, but, you know, you get up closer and you start playing in tournaments closer to Indianapolis where golf actually mattered. Um, that's when I started getting noticed by, by schools and things like that, and which led me here to Coach Small. Um, there's a couple alumni from back at home that one, one played here. His name's Keith Bratton. Um, he got in touch with Coach Small, let him know about me, and then things kind of went off from there. Yeah. Um, how I started to play golf was with my grandpa. Um, he had a group of guys, or well, my grandpa and my father, they had a group of guys that played on every Thursday night at a local golf course, and I'd always tag along ever since I was a little kid, about five years old, and I just kept going with them, and I just developed a love for the game, and it just carried me to where I am now.
0: Uh, that's great. It's uh, so. Do, do you still uh, tee it up with the with the old golf group every once in a while?
1: Uh, you know, I don't. They don't really play all that much anymore. Um, but they do sit around and casually go to the 19th tee, 19th green, you know, a uh, nice little bar area. i uh, always kind of hooping and hollering around about whatever's going on, the, so I kind of go up there and see them a little bit every now and again, uh, with my grandpa, because I know he likes that, and I know those guys like seeing me as well, so uh, I definitely get around them some, but just don't really play much golf with them anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah you're kind of busy too, you got, it, Got a lot of tournaments you're playing in. Um, so how how do you you know narrow down and pick Illinois? What was kind of like the deciding factor?
1: Um, you know, it really came down to um, Coach Small and what he does to produce pros. Um, really, it's what I wanted to do. It's kind of the path I wanted to follow in my dreams. I mean, yeah, Indiana they had Jeff Overton who was from Evansville. I mean, that was kind of they wanted me to follow in that, in those steps, but. You know, I wanted to create my own path, and um, so I came here, and I wanted to be something different. I didn't want to go into a culture where I thought that I would be the top dog or that I would be looked upon differently. I wanted to come somewhere where I had to start from the bottom and work my way to the top, which I'm still not to that top point yet, so it's still a work in progress because coaching just makes you not only a better golfer but a better person individually
0: yeah yeah i mean you you had a huge um kind of coming out this past year where you went from kind of a you know people were wondering if you know the bottom of illinois roster would hold up and especially you know i i remember watching that match against oregon with uh with aaron wise and you know the the announcers didn't know much about you but you know, you kept making putts, and you ended up t- taking down kind of the the college's top dog at the time. Uh, how much did that match help give you confidence uh, going into the summer?
1: Uh, you know, it gave me a lot of confidence and showed that I can play at the the top level and compete with the best guys in the country. And I mean, I'm I'm going to step up to the tee box, just thinking I can win a tournament, rather than thinking I'm going to get in top ten and just kind of sneak my leg in there and. Just had my name float around, you know, I'd get in there and I'd battle and I'd compete and, um, just kept leading me to playing better and better over the summer and just had a different edge about it. Um, and, you know, and that's kind of the one thing I've kind of lacked this spring thus far is just a little edge and, you know, and now I'm kind of getting back into it and starting to get that fire into my stomach again where, um, I need to get on that high horse and I need to just keep riding it.
0: How uh, how much different is the kind of atmosphere of of that NTA tournament match play setting compared to like your your um, you know amateur tournaments and kind of the individuals? How much how much different is it? Is it is it ratchet up pressure?
1: What... Um, I wouldn't say it was, it's a lot of pressure. I feel like there's more weight to it. Um, especially you're playing for the university. um, So you're playing for something bigger than yourself, which is always something great to do. I mean, you're on national television representing the university and playing against the best guys in the country. So, I mean, it's kind of like our March Madness where anything can happen. Um, The best shots typically get hit during these times, Um, you know, and just just positive nerves come out and you just feel really – Really appreciative and really great about the opportunity that you get to play in that kind of situation.
0: Mm-hmm. So, you know, in today's era of like, you know, bombers, the bombing gouge, you're kind of a throwback guy who, you know, is, is steady, hits it, you know, straight, a little bit shorter, and you've had a ton of match play success. Do you think it's a, is, you have a huge advantage because a lot of times you're playing uh, behind guys and you're hitting first into greens?
1: Uh, yeah, that's definitely an advantage of mine that I have um, because, I mean, I can, I'm can, i confident with any kind of club I have from the fairway, whether it be a nine iron or a three hybrid, two hybrid, uh, I'm going to feel like I'm going to put it within 10, 15 feet every time. So, I mean, usually whenever I get on a streak and I get on a roll with my ball striking, that's typically what happens. Um, and then I'm able to make some putts and, I mean, it's just one of those things it's just a it's a pressure throughout the entire day i mean you can do it for three four holes in a row but you do it for 12 13 14 holes in a row it starts really wearing down on your opponent mentally as the day goes on do you
0: do you approach uh how do you approach match play uh compared to stroke do you have a little bit different mindset
1: um not really i mean there's I mean, there's some things that are different in strategy. You kind of see after what the other players doing. doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, where I'm finding most of my success is, is if I just play my game one shot at a time, because I know if I'm going to hit it down the center of the fairway and I'm going to hit it into the green, either make my putt or two-putt, and I'm going to get moving on. So if I if I just keep playing consistent golf for 18 holes – it's going to really wear down an opponent, and if they can beat me by shooting a 65, 66, then you know they deserve to win. But I'm going to make them win. That's the that's really the goal of playing in match play.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a, I mean, in all of golf. Is one shot at a time is always a good way to approach it. Um, so you know, with a, you, the Western Am, you have this great run. You end up, you know. Uh, running through and you make it into match play and then you you win you you take off take down sam horsfeld who was playing incredible golf that week but you know one of the things that most people don't think about with the western am is like how much golf you have to play like how exhausted were you at the end of the week after playing like three or four straight days of 36 holes
1: um you know honestly i was after that event i was I was still in tournament mode because I had to go straight to the USAM and my body and my mind were still thinking compete, compete, compete through that entire time. I mean, for the three or four days I had in between to go home and travel back up to um, to Michigan uh, for the USAM. It really hit me the exhausting point in time because I mean, even playing in the USAM I was still a bunch of days in a row I had to play golf. So there was, a, there was about a I would say a 14 day period where my mind and my body was just focused on competing and it just didn't feel tired. I just felt great. But whenever I got beat and I was in the car heading home and I finally got to sit down and I got home from traveling, that's when it really hit me. I was like, wow, I'm super exhausted. And I don't know how my body was able to keep locked in in that mode and keep playing solid golf through that entire time. But yeah, it definitely hit after the USAM.
0: So during that stretch, I mean, you played, oh, you know, a ton of just spectacular players and, you know, some of the, you know, big names of, of the future of pro golf. And, you know, who would, would you say is the, the toughest competitor that you faced off against and the, you know, the kind of guy that impressed you the most? <coughs>
1: um, It's kind of hard to say. I mean, Everyone brought something different to the table that I competed with. I mean, of course, field, I mean, he can make countless birdies in a row. Um, You know, and then Nick Carlson, I played in the um, USAM and got beat, too. I mean, he's a gritty kid. I mean, he gets after it. I mean, he doesn't – he just stays on the grind, stays on it, stays on it. You know, Um, I was really impressed with the way he did that. I mean, some kids give up if they get three down, four down. Um you know, everyone just brought something different to the table that I was impressed with, whether it was a short game, whether it was the way they struck the golf ball. But, I mean, you can't really say that I had a fun competitor that I enjoyed playing with because I enjoyed playing with all of them because they yeah. all brought something different and unique to the table.
0: Uh, that's cool. Um, so, you know, it, kind of continuing on the, the match play uh, theme here, like you, you got and you and Nick got to go out to the Walker Cup. Um, practice at LACC. Tell us a little bit about that experience and, and you know kind of what you took away from it.
1: Um, yeah, you know, I mean, it was definitely a good experience getting around some of the other guys in college. Um, it definitely helped going down there with Nick and being with a teammate. Um, definitely loosened things up a little bit. But um, no, it's like I said, it's just good to get around those guys and start kind of building a team bond, whether they're going to be there or not, whether I'm going to be there or not. Uh, It's definitely good to have that part of the process. Um, You know, I never really talked to Maverick McNeely that much, but, you know, me and him had some good conversations over the course of the week. Um, The mid-AM champion, uh, Stu Hagistan, I was able to meet him. And then Scott Harvey, who was a runner-up, I got to meet him and talk to him. So, you know, there was just a bunch of knowledge that was tossed around about golf and and some, some of it about life from Spider and some of the USGA guys. You know, it, it's definitely one of those things that I'm never going to forget, regardless if I'm on Walker Cup team or not. Um, there's just a lot of a lot of cool things and good ideas tossed around at that at that practice.
0: Yeah, I imagine you can pick up so much from all those guys. You know, everybody just different things that other guys do a little differently or think about ways differently, and you know, and kind of uh, and take a little bit from uh, everybody that's out there, since everybody's got so much talent.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, Maverick McNeely, I mean, he's being the number one amateur in the world. I mean, he has, I just love picking his brain because, I mean, he's number one for a reason. And now I see him at some of these tournaments, and I'm just watching what he does. And, I mean, it's the same thing every time. Even at that practice, he was still dedicated to his routine and did everything. So it was was good to pick up on little things like that to make yourself a little bit better than just someone else behind you. Do
0: you uh, watch a lot of uh, PGA Tour golf?
1: Um, not as much. I mean, I watch the majors a little bit, but I mean, I'm not really the type to sit down and watch watch a round of golf on television. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm more of kind of like watching basketball and things like that.
0: I gotcha. So in your free time, you like uh, kind of getting away from the game?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's always been one of my things is in my free time, I just completely get away from golf and I do something different um, or my mind's not on it because, for me, I can't stay on a constant grind um, each and every day, 24-7, of golf, 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 golf. I've got to give myself a mental break and then come back to it, mm-hmm. whether it be an hour break, a couple-hour break. But I need something in there that breaks up the time of me and concentration, so that way I don't wear myself out.
0: So what, what, are, you, what are some of your favorite uh, things to do down in Champaign uh, during your free time?
1: Favorite thing? I mean, you know, I mean, we like to watch a lot of basketball. I mean, especially myself, um, play some video games. I mean, we, I mean, typically we have to do a bunch of studying, so I mean, studying is one of those things as well. Um, You know, I'm interested in um, politics, so I watch a lot of Fox News, kind Mm -hmm. of catch up on everything, and I read up on some of the policies and everything going through Congress. And you know, I feel like not a lot of kids my age do that, but, you know, it's definitely one of those interests that I have that I feel that my hobby is, it gets me off of golf and onto something completely different.
0: So, so if, uh, if the golf career doesn't work out, uh, are you looking to get into possibly politics?
1: Oh yeah, that's for sure. That's definitely the, uh, career path I'm looking at. That's, that's my major is political science. So, um, I'm definitely interested in that field and holding the public office and, Doing things like that nature. Uh,
0: well, you could be like Bubba. You know, he I I read that he's thinking about running for the for mayor of Pensacola.
1: Yeah, I mean, I heard all that too, but it's awfully hard. You got to dedicate you got to dedicate your life to it if you really want to make a good change and and whatnot. So we'll see what he does.
0: If if you were a pro and and Volvic offered you you know say a million dollars to play their ball and Titleist offered you 500000 to play their ball, which would you choose?
1: It just, I mean, it really depends on the stage of where I'm at. I mean, if I'm Bubba Watson and I've won a couple of Masters, I'm probably going to take the Volvic deal, you know, <laughs> um, just because I can. But, I mean, if I'm just a new guy on tour, I'm not going to go take a chance with a Volvic golf ball. I'm going to go ahead and play my Titleist that I know how I'm going to play with. and. Hopefully, I'm going to end up making more money that way by playing than just off endorsements.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> it's um so so I'm curious. Uh, say say the PGA Tour calls you up and they say, Dylan, we we want to give you a sponsor's exemption into the Zurich, and you you can pick your teammate um, for the for the uh, for the tournament. Who are you rolling with?
1: You know, um, honestly, I would I would say I'd be rolling with Ricky Fowler.
0: Um,
1: I feel like I'd roll with him because I feel like there would be a lot of positive vibes going on. And I feel like uh, he knows that team atmosphere fairly well, with being from Oklahoma State. Um, so, I mean, that's the guy I'd roll with.
0: Have you uh, gotten to meet Ricky or play with Ricky yet?
1: No, I haven't, actually.
0: So that's that. bu that's on that's on the bucket list.
1: That's on the bucket list. I feel like that'd be a good little duo.
0: Uh huh. a. You guys would compliment, I feel like you feel like you guys are compliment. He's nice and long. But it, it. How much? How much? How important is the the positive mojo for you?
1: Oh, positive mojo is all, nearly everything. I mean, if you can get some positive mojo between you and a partner. I mean, you can see it in college golf. I mean, you can see it in in the March Madness going this week. I mean, the teams that bring a positive mindset to an event are going to be the teams that are going to be very, very hard to beat just because regardless if there's adversity that hits them, they're going to bounce right back, whether it's the next shot, the next hole, or anything like that. I mean, they're not going to be completely destroyed if they end up making a double bogey. They're going to come back the next hole, make birdie, and just keep bouncing back and keep fighting for a team. So that's positivity is something we talk about on this team. That's a part of our culture that we try to uh, promote because you get it going, you get a couple of birdies rolling, you send the positive vibes backwards to the guys behind you, it really starts roll, rolling. They start making birdies, so there's definitely that positive energy that's out there.
0: So, so do you prefer kind of uh, the college golf season over the amateur golf season because of that, you know, kind of team atmosphere and, you know, the – the you know idea of playing for something bigger than yourself
1: oh yeah for sure because i mean this makes you this makes you become not only a better player but a better person you'll learn more i mean you can be out there by yourself on the road and just playing golf and becoming a robot and not really learn anything about yourself or others really and how to interact with others and i mean it's definitely something to say that college golf is able to do on the other side off the course. I mean, because you can't replicate um, positive positive vibes or a team atmosphere on the amateur circuit during the summer. Because, I mean, me and Nick will run across each other during tournaments during the summer, but there's that. I mean, we want each other to do well, but it's not the same Mm -hmm. as when you're here and you're playing for your team. So it's definitely something special to be a part of
0: yeah that's that's uh, it's cool it's it, i i love team stuff it's uh you know i grew up playing a ton of other sports and uh if you were running college golf you know what is was what is one thing that you would either change or you know add whether it be a a new format or a new tournament or a change in the rules what what would what change would you uh make
1: man i don't even know um that's a tough one um. So, like in the NCAA tournament, um, I feel like all five guys should count. Um, I feel like it's uh, that's an added factor in there. because um, if your team's actually going to be the best team, you need to feel the best five out there for the week. Um, I feel like that's important. I mean, I feel like that holds everyone accountable. Rather than just giving that fifth guy the way out, saying no, if you play good today, then you can count. But if you don't, then all right. But I feel like if you add the fifth guy into the mix, the best teams are really going to show. Whether I mean it could be, I mean it could be anyone. Any uh, five guys could show up rather than just four guys.
0: Yeah, it adds like almost a weight. It, it, they have that element in the match play uh, par- portion, but the stroke play it, it makes a lot of sense because the you got to have the most depth and the most. You know, everybody's got to show up every round, huh?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's kind of like basketball. You don't when you have your starting five out there, you don't just let one guy come out. He come out, and he's just dull. You're going to have a guy come in that's going to try to change the mojo and bring something to the table as the fifth spot. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of something that goes along the lines with uh, with our NCAA tournament.
0: So. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Illinois's got uh, a little bit of a coaching search. Uh, You got anybody that you want to see Illinois hire?
1: Oh, man, you know, sat here and I thought about it. You know, I mean, obviously my dream guy that I'd want, and I just know he's not going to come here, is Brad Stevens. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like he knows Midwest basketball more than anyone. He did such a great job with Butler. But, you know, I honestly think, uh, I feel like Tony Bennett would be a good one. Uh, Definitely a good one from Virginia. But, yeah, I mean, I don't really have a big wish list. I mean, whoever we get, they're going to hopefully turn the program around. And, you know, I trust uh, Whitman on what he's doing. I mean, he did hire Lovey, so we'll see. And the donors are willing to pay, and the university is willing to pay this new coach. So we'll we'll see what, what we get.
0: Yeah, yeah. We, uh, I'm a, I'm an Illinois grad, so I, uh, I've been watching that. I'm hoping for a big hire. I, I think Brad Stevens is doing pretty good in that and in the NBA. Unfortunately.
1: Yeah, yeah. I know that definitely would. Have, you'd almost hope that he was having a bad year this year that he would think about coming back, but that's definitely not going to happen.
0: Yeah, yeah. So um, we've got some, uh, we got some Twitter questions. I want to get to here, and. Uh, and Nick deferred to you on, on Brett's question of if you could compare uh, you and Nick to any WWE tag team, who would it be?
1: Oh, man. um, Man, oh, man. WWE tag team. Trying to think of a good one here. You know, honestly, I think we'd be around the D-Generation X, <laughs> to be completely honest. I think we bring we bring some spice to the table. We're a little bit something different, um, you know. We're kind of in your face um, of a tag team, so I feel like that's kind of what we'd be related to.
0: That's uh, a little a little spicy, you know. You got you got two different styles of play. I think I, I, you could be, you know, one of the great pairings of like a little uh, like a two different style wrestlers too, you know.
1: That's
0: exactly right. Well, little Shawn Michaels, a little Triple H, you know. <laughs> so uh, Stewart uh, hagestad has got got a question here: Is uh, which would you rather wear for every round of golf? A floral sunbonnet and white sunglasses, or socks and Crocs?
1: Oh man, I'm telling you, I'd be the, I would be the floral hat with white sunglasses because it just it just screams class. <laughs> I feel like. Um, you know, I mean, but then again, you have the socks and the crocs that scream, I'm a grinder, um, don't really have it all, but I'm going to go out there and give it everything I got, and this is what I got, and this is what I'm going to do with it, but I'm definitely more of a floral hat and white sunglasses.
0: You know, Stu, Stu uh, texted me, and he he guessed the opposite of what happened. He thought you were going to be the socks and crocs guy, and Nick was going to be the, the sun bonnet and white sunglasses.
1: Yeah, and yeah. He texted me and told me that too. But you know, my honest opinion was I knew, I figured that Hardy would go with socks and
0: Crocs. I, I go socks and Crocs. You know, I think it it just says that you know you don't really give a shit. I guess both do <laughs> Exactly <know>.
1: right.
0: <laughs> um, so uh, Brian Atkinson, former Illini, uh golfer, wants to know: you know, one course for the rest of your life and you can't quit. Orange or blue?
1: I'm gonna go with orange. You know, they, they've actually had some really good greens over the past seven, eight months. I mean, they've been so they've been rolling so good. So, I take playing orange.
0: Man, <laughs> I stayed down one summer uh, for summer school, and I'd play out of the orange and and. Like, you'd have lob wedges in, and you'd have to land them short of the green because <laughs> they were so rock hard. <laughs> it's, yeah, uh, I
1: know. It'd, it'd be a rock.
0: <laughs> it's uh, it's something else. I, it, I I hope one day uh, they get, like, a really great university golf course. Like, you know, you see a lot of uh, universities have some good tracks, and, and that'd be a cool thing for Illinois to get.
1: Yeah, definitely. That would be. Uh, that's definitely one of those wish list items
0: yeah yeah we just uh we gotta get we gotta talk to the right donors right
1: that's exactly right
0: um so todd mitchell wants to know why do you like salad so much
1: why i like salad so much you know you know i'm not really the healthiest kid out there so i think that's kind of why you wanted to know that question um yeah. but um uh, because i always drink coke and i'm always eating kind of like Snack foods and things like that, and never really get the salad before the meals and the buffet lines. So, yeah, it's probably where that stems from.
0: Well, you know, I'm, Todd, I'm
1: more of the Burger King fast food guy. You
0: know, well, Todd, Todd's becoming an old man, so he's he's got to take care of himself a little bit more than you. You know,
1: yeah, he's got to eat his greens. You know, he's got to stay a little bit healthier and all that good stuff.
0: Yeah, he, he's uh he he's a heck of a player, though. I'll tell you what
1: yes he is
0: yes he is he's a good guy too good guy yeah very good guy um, so I, I'll get you out of here um, with one last question then we'll do a little overrated underrated but of all the uh, former and current Illini if you could take one aspect of the, their golf game whose would you take and uh, why
1: I would take Charlie's short game to be honest I mean he's he's got one of the best short games that I've ever I've ever seen and it's like it always keeps him alive so that's definitely one of the things I'd want to take and you know I've tried to learn from him over the course of time and you know he learned from coach so taking in what coach has said but, but yeah that's kind of who I'd go with
0: yeah I was, I was happy to see him uh Monday into the Valspar and, and make the cut I mean it's uh it's only a matter of time before he gets out there full time Yeah, sooner or later he'll get there. Yeah, he's he's too much talent not to get there. So let's uh, let's go to overrated, underrated. All right. Okay. Uh, lifting weights.
1: Lifting weights, underrated.
0: Underrated. All right. Silvermine subs.
1: Silvermine subs.
0: Yeah, they still. I have no idea.
1: No idea what that is.
0: They it doesn't exist anymore. I have no idea what that is. Man, uh, uh, that shows how old I am. It's a I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with.
1: It's underrated. Then, <laughs> if it's not around,
0: it's underrated. You know, we're gonna switch it to Papadels. I, you know, I thought, I thought there was no way Silvermine would ever be gone. Oh yeah, Dell's. That's
1: def- definitely underrated.
0: All right, all right. Uh, Tom Dietry's hair. Oh, Tom Dietrich's hair, man.
1: That's neither underrated or overrated. It's just perfect. <laughs> it's perfect, man. You can't you can't pit that one on me.
0: <laughs> Alright. Putting.
1: Putting. Oh man, that's underrated. Not too many people don't really focus on that. They always think you have to hit the long ball and everything like that. But trust me, I put a terrible in Vegas and I hit the ball the best I ever did and I came in twenty fifth, so it's definitely underrated.
0: Yeah, it is. But- Putting bad is just the worst. It's, yeah,
1: it's awful. <laughs>
0: um, track man.
1: Track man. Um, there's aspects of it that can be overrated. They, you you can start looking at way too many things, and you can get so wrapped up in swing, and that's definitely not who I am. I'm more of a feel guy, so that's I would go overrated.
0: Yeah, I'm 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 on the overrated train there too. So uh, hey Dylan, I, uh, thanks for the time, and I I want to wish you the best of luck here in the sprint, rest of spring, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll get to see you up at uh, Rich Harvest. All
1: right, thank you, I appreciate it.
0: Yep, have a good one.
2: All right,
1: you too.